listeners! Welcome back to My Sister Made Me View at the Roswell 1999 edition. Today, we're starting season three! Yeah, we, we are. are! We're working on season three, episode one, Busted. My name is Emily. I'm one of your co-hosts. Uh, and We're about to podcast, but in reality, I should be working on my book. Ooh, I should be back to animating. <gasps> but instead... Instead... You started it. I know, but I want to do the high part. Okay. <laughs> We're making a podcast. We're making a podcast. <laughs> Thank you for letting me do that. I'll try and let you do the, the high part more often. Thank you. Okay, so we actually just finished recording uh, the finale for season two, episode 21, because... Uh, the original file got corrupted, so we had to re-record the finale of season two after already watching episode one of season three. <laughs> so it's kind of a meta experience. Listeners, are you ready for what might be the worst Roswell episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so if you are new to our podcast, My Sister Made Me View It is a podcast where one sister makes the other sister watch or read something that they've been refusing to forever because it's something that the other sister loves and wants to share with um, the other sister. Here's but, the um, thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Emily, what's the thing? The thing is, I only ever saw season two of Roswell. But I loved it so much, I thought it fit under our, our you know umbrella and you would think that emily would take the chance to re-watch the show before dragging me through it so that she could you know have a game plan in place but do you know what that's not what happened <laughs> i wanted to be surprised i wanted to go on this journey with you i wanted to feel like i'm a part of something you are a part of something you're part <laughs> of this podcast and part of your job as host is to know the source material i feel just want to spend time with you you can do that anyway we talked on the phone for like two hours before we recorded we did because i'm gonna go to disneyland and ride splash mountain before it closes and we had to plan out our trip but i'm very excited but instead we're gonna talk about roswell we're gonna talk about roswell (laughs) there no i still get to do the high part too (laughs) so um the reason that i didn't watch season three of roswell uh, was because the show itself was actually moved to a different uh, television station. So season one and two was released um, when CW was the WB, and this was moved to UPN. And we, my family did not have access. My family, like it's not your family too, Megan. Our family did not have access to UPN at the time, which coincidentally is why I couldn't watch Star Trek Voyager anymore because it too also moved to UPN. So we should have covered Voyager on this podcast. (laughs) I already, I already knew Voyager. Thus, that wouldn't have worked. Spoilers. We both disliked this episode. Very much so. Um, Meg, you had brought up an interesting, uh, an interesting point though. Um, when I when I told you that hey, this show actually moved stations, and you were like, oh, I wonder if they were trying to almost rebrand or bring it, give it a different tone, uh, just because you know the CWWB has a very you know specific sort of show that they do. I mean, you've got Charmed, you've got you know. I don't know what else is on the WB. Uh, it's been forever. That's really embarrassing. Uh, vampire Diaries? Yeah, Vampire Diaries, that sort of thing. And so that's kind of the tone that Roswell was. But all of a sudden it moved to a different, and I'm a different channel. And I'm assuming a later time, um, because I don't know if this is a spoiler alert or just something that you're all aware of. This version of Roswell ended after season three. This is the last season. This is the last season. So there is a huge tonal shift in the way that this episode is, I guess. Yeah. Yes, Meg? Not only is it the last season, but it is a much shorter season. Mm-hmm. And 
yeah, the the way the characters are very different. Mm-hmm. The setup, yeah, it's just let's just get into it. And just even the the tone of this episode was weird because, like Emily said, it's there's a lot of flashbacks and a lot of present day, but the present day is filmed in a strange filter, and the flashbacks are presented normally. Yeah, and it was strange and off putting and like. I the whole time I'm like okay this isn't really Liz or this isn't really Max or somebody's just dreaming of the future because they they threw this filter over it obviously to distinguish the two different times but it just made it just made for an off-putting episode. Well, here's the thing. So, I don't know if it was on this ep- this podcast we were talking about video games and how there are clues that really only the video gamers would know like there's a visual light yeah Yeah, if if there's a light if you're lost you don't know where to go next usually there's a light that you need to find there's a ladder that has a light next to it or there's a cave with a light shining inside of it or or um areas you can jump and hold on to are often colored slightly differently from the rest of the background um Mm -hmm. whether that's caution paint yellow or like a clearly a lighter thing but there's a, a point where i was home and i was playing ghost of tsushima and when I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima at my parents' house, I have to play it with the blood turned off. Um, but <laughs> mom was watching me as I was figuring out one of the shrine climbs. Um, and she's like, how can you possibly know where to go? And to my brain, I'm like, oh, the shrine climbs actually get kind of boring because there's only one way to possibly go. And it's because I could like really clearly see the paths of areas my character could grab and where I could climb and I'm like it's actually very very clear to me where to go when someone who doesn't play a lot of video games was observing they were finding it was not that way for them and when Emily first played Star Wars yuck it she up. also found that difficult Ooh, the sequel's coming out next week oh I'm so excited <laughs> I need to get a PS5 yep so I can take your PS4. Thank you very much. But I bring this up because usually in a television show or movie, when there is a flashback, the grainy filter goes over the stuff in the past. And I think, at least for me, and I don't know if this is, I don't know why they do this, but for me, it's just like, oh, it's like old timey footage from forever ago. It happened in the past. Like that's just like a, a big visual cue for the for the viewers to be like, oh, it looks like an it looks like a faded photograph. So it happened a long time ago. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Speaking but, of, please look at the photograph I, I just texted you. My oh, okay. Yes. You texted it to me. Sorry, I messaged it to you on GChat. <laughs> is that a is that? Oh That's my a gosh. promotional still from the filming of this episode. Okay. The funny thing is. And you don't know this, Megan. And I'm 98% sure of this, but Snapple was a sponsor. (laughs) (laughs) And so Max and Liz are in a convenience store standing in front of a Snapple vending machine. (laughs) They are looking so pouty and so, like, Max doesn't look like he slept in about four months. Mm -hmm. And Liz has, you know black clothes and her belly button showing a pouty eyeliner which is like so different from the honor student Liz that we know and love from our previous seasons gun and and the um I'm gonna hand the podcast back over to Emily to finish talking about what she was talking about Mm -hmm. but then I'm very excited to get into because you're talking about the flashback photograph stuff I'm excited to get into the weird opener of this Mm -hmm. episode yeah, so all I wanted to say is just make the point that, like, our brains are coded that when stuff is filmed in, like, with a grainy film over it, you're just like, it's in the past. It's already happened. And so for them to put that over the present day stuff was really weird and off-putting. And I, again, don't know why they chose to do that. But it it kept pulling me out of the episode. Usually you can sit, I can sit and just watch. But every time that, that filter would change and flip back and forth between past and present... Because it was the opposite of everything like I as a viewer have been coded to do. Uh, 
it was just very difficult to stay in the episode because it was such a weird tone. It was so different. The characters were not acting like themselves. They were doing and saying weird stuff. They were and acting like the duplicates. Like exactly were. like how the duplicates. And that was one of my guesses while we were watching. Mm-hmm. That these were the duplicates disguised as Max and Liz in order to get them in trouble. Yeah. So um, let's get into it. Max and Liz are making out in the car that replaced the Jeep, some sort of convertible that I'm sure they chose to be easier to film in. Mm-hmm. And they are just, they're just making out, making out. And the dialogue, you know, as Max is like, are you ready? And Liz is like, I think so. And he's like, you don't have to do this. They're playing it like they're deciding if they're going to sleep together or not. But then somebody pulls out a gun and they're doing, like, a stupid... They're trying to make them be, like, a Bonnie and Clyde kind of couple. But, like, again, the tone of their relationship... And I know things change in the time jump between seasons. But seeing them pull on, like, their masks and come into the store with the gun. And it just... Uh, it was no good. But now that you've said that Snapple was a sponsor, I'm seeing very large, prominently placed Snapple logos and backgrounds. Uh, so they burst into the convenience store in this little tiny town of, we believe it's Salina, Utah, or Salina, <laughs> which town. we might have been to there before. I don't think so. It's so far off the 95 that I don't think we've driven it's through there. only like an hour away from Fish Lake. So depending on what oh. route we took. Oh, I didn't even think about Fish Lake trips. Uh, Emily, yeah. would you like to go to Salina with me? Yeah. We can go do some... Maybe we can buy a Snapple. <laughs> there we go. I like that. So you have to come... You have to actually come to Utah, though. Like, in order for us to do this. Hey, do I don't like know that. if you remember the fact that I lived there for, like, six <laughs> months last year. I come to Utah plenty. At least you six months. You actually have to come to... Man, <laughs> I come out there for, like, two months at least of every year. Yeah, and it's great, and I miss you. you. I want you to come back again. Listen, it's it's harder now that I have more cats. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, but they are, I mean, it's a little convenience store in the middle of nowhere. And not nowhere. Selena. Selena. Okay. I apologize to anyone who's listening from Selena. I did Listeners, not mean to disparage Selena. Are you from Selena? Right in. I just looked <laughs> it up on Google Maps and it says it'll take 32 hours to get there from Highland. And then I realize it's because my map is set to walking. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> um, so Liz is the one with the gun who is ordering everyone to get down on the floor, put your face on the floor, don't look, that sort of thing, while Max is moving stuff around and uses his powers. Megan, casual use of alien powers. There you go. Uh, in order to cut a hole out of the wall. And it's... He also uh, blows up the security cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, but he stands in front of the security camera before blowing it up, which is stupid. What's the range on these alien powers? Could he not have blown up the camera from before they got into the store? Well, they haven't been doing a lot of casual alien powers, so maybe not. <sighs> maybe he needs to practice more. But uh, there's a safe revealed, and Max uses his powers to break into the safe, while, again, Liz is holding the fort down, and... He walks into, like, a basement, and there's a huge spaceship there. And he's not surprised. Obviously, he, you know, he's come here to to do this very specific thing. And uh, he pulls out a diamond. I mean, it looks like a diamond. So, Emily, I was watching this episode. You Were know you this. confused? I wasn't confused, but I was... It wasn't clear to me what this spaceship was. Okay. Because we find out later it's the spaceship that they crashed in. And I, for some reason, thought that the Granolith was the spaceship they crashed in. Because that's where the pods came out of. But I realize now in Days of 47 that the other aliens took the pods and hid it with Mm -hmm. the Granolith. And while Max is cutting the door open, there's a, a guy in a fancy hat. And he calls in a robbery in progress. Mm-hmm. already and that's why already. the police get there so fast yeah and like i said max pulls out it looks like a diamond or some sort of crystal from 
his pocket he holds it up to the spaceship and what it does is there's the symbol that was the same symbol inside the pods the granolith um and there's a door that opens in the alien craft and the glow is so bright that people in the convenience store upstairs can see it and they're like what is that oh no and but by now the cops are coming and Liz is yelling at Max that they need to go. So he puts the crystal back in his pocket. They run out the door. Max steals a bag of chips out the door. Like, sir, sir, that was so unnecessary. Was it just the owner or were there other people in the gas store as well? I thought the owner was the only witness. There were one or two other. There okay. were one or two other other people. I believe you. Um, But they run out. They get in the car. They peel out, obviously, you know, with their ski masks still on so the police can see that they are the robbers. And I was disappointed in the scene because I'm just like, Max, you have alien powers. We know it affects cars. Just disable all of the cop cars so you can get away. But they don't. They get surrounded after Max chucks the diamond out of the car because, like Liz says, for whatever reason, they can't find it. Uh, but Max is able to take the gun and he puts the gun on, the, on floor. the floor of the car and melts it into the car. So it it never happened. It was never there. So was it a real gun in the first place? I think he should have made a fake gun. You think so? Yeah. Turned it into something else. Transmuted yeah. it. But anyway, they are they are arrested. Big time arrested. They are in big, big, big trouble. I think instead of constantly flashing back to the future and the past for this whole episode, Mm -hmm. this should have been the one thing we saw from the future. Mm -hmm. And then we should have had everything lead up to it. And then we should have had the trial and stuff after it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I almost wonder if, so remember in, remember in season one, there were several big, um several big story themes so like the first one was the congresswoman and Valandra, and the second one was laurie and the third one was the tess alex story uh-huh. and i would have okay and you know me i hate media res i hate it 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 but listen it's just a personal thing it's not because it's not for anything just anyways but because Max and Liz are so different, I wanted to see that journey of how they got there. Yeah. I like that little spoiler of, hey, this is where we're going to end up. I would not have mattered if it, I wouldn't have minded if it was like, and three months earlier, because I would have loved to have seen what led them to become like this. Because this isn't them. Yeah. Like, I think they're playing it like they're so desperate to find answers that they've become the bad kids. But, like, you don't have to be a bad, I say, quote, unquote, bad kid. You know, you know what I mean. I do. You don't have to do that to find answers. You can be whoever you are. And I'm sad that Liz is not the person we know and love right now. Like, Max, I could care less. But Liz, like, I feel really bad for her. Yeah. I miss her. Mm-hmm. And now she's got to be sexier and cooler to be our, our protagonist. And, like, if I was just coming into... This new show, mm-hmm. you know, because this, this show is just starting up on a new, let's imagine this show is just starting up on a new network and I've never seen anything before. First impression of these teenagers, I would think they were the villains. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, it's very reminiscent of how the dupes dressed and acted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, new opening credits. There's, there's a lot of new shots. Um same song and despite alex valenti showing up in the credits i did not spot an alex valenti anywhere in this episode kyle valenti (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) alex is gone he's not coming back alex is coming back he's gonna get magically revivified Okay, okay. I, listen, I don't know. Ghosts are real. Ghosts are real. It could happen. It could happen. I'm not going to crush your dreams. I hate Isabel's new haircut. For inexplicably, Katherine Heigl's hair is short and dark. Yeah, Why? she has the duck, the duck butt haircut. 
She has the Sasuke haircut. What's Sasuke? Oh, he's from Naruto. Oh, okay. And she also has a love interest. He's in the trailer. He's in the opening. He's in the opening, whatever, credits. Which means he'll probably be around for a bit. He also currently plays in Criminal Minds. He's very handsome. And Garcia is very angry about it. Oh, no. I'm very behind no Criminal Minds. Once my Paramount Plus. You should just catch up. Emily, (laughs) Margaret, (laughs) Elaine, (laughs) Nicola, Jill, Anne, (laughs) Lloyd. What? Do you know how many episodes of Criminal Minds there are? <laughs> There's 16 seasons worth of them. Uh-huh. Now multiply multiply 16 by 21. I don't want to. Okay, well, spoilers. I'm going to say that's about 500. Let's see how right you are. Pull Let's out see your- how right I am. <laughs> I, I did no math at all. I just listened to my heart and made a guess. All right, you got a calculator out, or should I get a calculator out? Oh, I was waiting. This is your math problem. Oh, okay. It's 336. (laughs) Emotionally, it's closer to 500. And I would have to start over from the beginning. Yeah, you you got to have the journey. Okay. Well, listeners, that's what... I'm I'm rushing through Scandal right now um, because I'm racing to catch up. Well, I've I've lapped my friend... Um, Carmen from the Grey's Academy podcast, who's also watching Scandal. I'm on season seven, the final season right now. So I'm going to wrap up Scandal and then I will. Seven seasons? Yeah. I thought there was only like five. There's seven, but the, the last two are slightly shorter. Okay. Quitting at five is not a, is, do you know what? It's not a bad place to quit. I'm definitely annoyed with all of the characters, except for Melly Grant, who's my favorite. Melly Grant should be president. Emily, you got to watch season six and seven. Does she become president? I will not say because <laughs> Carmen, who doesn't listen to our podcast, isn't there yet. But there is a presidential election, and she at least runs for president. Because Fitz is the worst. Fitz is the worst. He is, he is the, the worst. worst American television president. <laughs> he is so stupid, and so many of the scandals involve him. <laughs> and he's so spoiled and dumb. Ugh. Anyway, Melly is the best. You yep. you start the show and you think Melly's the worst, but it turns out she's the best and Fitz is the worst. <laughs> uh, anyway, everyone, go listen to the Grey's Academy, Grey's Anatomy Watch Through podcast. Mm-hmm. They are finishing up season four this month. Ooh. It's very exciting. All right. Back to this. Uh, they do a hugely epic previously on, because again, this is for a new series. A new audience. Yeah. So they show the soft, cute kiss in front of the fireworks from the pilot, but then they show a tumultuous kiss in the dark with Tess to be like, Liz, Tess is pregnant. Here's the thing. So, I mean, we who have watched it, we know what's happening. Um, Liz and Max are trying to start again, which makes sense. But I don't know. If I was Liz... Like, I think I would need more from Max rather than this half-assed apology he gives to her about like, hey, you know, I was with Tess, but listen, finding someone like me, I was really attracted to it. I had to find out about it, and now I'm over it. So you should be over it too, and let's get together just like it was. Which is kind of a callback to how season two started, because Tess was there, but Max and Tess were not an item. But here, like, Max is just laying everything out of just, like, Tess is gone. Everything can go back to the way it was. And I hate it. They're just talking like it's... Here's the thing. They're talking like it's just a normal romance. When, no, you're half-alien, Max. You slept with your half-alien ex-wife who's dead in real life. You know, and, and you got her pregnant and she went off to your home planet. And now he's like... It was something I had to find out about, and now I'm over it. Like, no, the writing is terrible. The writing is terrible in this episode. 
I'm not even going to look up who wrote it because I don't want to know. I don't want to like make fun of anybody. I understand you're trying to change the tone, trying to change all this stuff. I really think they did the best they could. But uh, it just feels like a normal human soap opera. Like, I don't know. I wanted some more whimsy and I don't know. Because remember how cute Max was when he's drunk and he's hanging out with Kyle and he talks about how much he loves Liz and how she's like his son yeah, um, that's S-U-N, listeners. S-U-N, not S-O-N. And, like, the character of Max has capacity to love deeply. But he is just being a giant pain in the butt here. Yeah, and, like, they start off, you know, it's three months earlier, they start off with cutesy Liz. Like, the Liz we remember, that we saw in, like, her pinks, her pastels... Oh, oh, sorry, it's on mute, so I forgot. This is the scene where, a couple times in this episode, the song that was playing is not the song that was in the subtitles. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would bet that when they uh, took this from uh, linear television and sent it to streaming, that they didn't get the rights for everything. Mm-hmm. Which happened with Supernatural. When they aired it on Netflix, they didn't have the rights to all the songs that were licensed to stream online because the the music rights and the money that the original artists get are different amounts for when it's airing on television versus when it's streaming. And sometimes uh, streamers either don't want to pay the rights or they're like, we can get another song for cheaper here. So mm-hmm. there were definitely different songs than yeah. what was intended. So here is where my bias is going to come out some. I detest pregnancy storylines. Not as much as you, Megan. Like, you were, like, you were, like, dying over this. But, again, Max and Liz are on a date, you know, at the marina. And he's like, I'm super over Tess. And she's like, I mean, she has to say this to get the the new audience on board. She says, Tess is pregnant with your child. What about your son? And I just liked the show when it was teenage shenanigans of kids doing stupid stuff and being, I mean, I enjoy when characters are in over their head. I love Buffy Summers. I love Captain America, you know, waking up 70 years in the future. Buffy Summers having to. Spoilers um, for Buffy, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Buffy becomes the vampire slayer. You know, even like the first season of Lost where they're trying to survive and they're clearly out of their depths and that sort of thing. Ah, yes. A show about typical teenage shenanigans. Lost. Tess is in that show. I know. She plays Claire. (laughs) And she's she's pregnant. (laughs) She's pregnant. And um, so all of this to say, once Tess became pregnant, I kind of checked out because I'm just like, I don't like teenage pregnancy storylines. It's just not something that I've connect with mm-hmm. um i understand the drama of it like i get why they had it but i'm pretty much over max at this point because i'm just like that was your mistake and now everyone has to live with your consequences and you haven't even apologized to anybody just i'm over it so all of you should be over it too i can't believe i'm so angry at max this is really surprising me um, to be clear, I hate accidental pregnancy storylines mm. uh, because they always feel like a shock or a twist that we throw in because the writers haven't thought of something else to do. Yeah. I love, like, we're trying to get pregnant and it's finally yeah. happened. Like, I love that yes. kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, usually like, oh my gosh, I might be pregnant. Or like, surprise, I was with this person for one night while I was away from the person I actually care about. And now I'm pregnant and I have, yeah. So I I don't like surprise pregnancy as a bomb thrown into a relationship. Yeah. And, and, and I also really hate uh, teen pregnancy stories because they're very tragic and sad yeah yeah and i feel like they are done for the ratings for like the gotcha sort of a thing i don't feel like they're done with like at least they're not done the ones i've seen have not been done very well it's all for the it's all for the shock value and it's not really anything else so Mm -hmm. there's that but um yeah Liz has to remind the audience that 
that there's a you know max has a son out there somewhere and max is dressed i i don't even know he's got two collared shirts on two button-up shirts on (laughs) you know what not anymore it's it's the early 2000s i take it back it's no longer the 90s it's no longer the 90s right we're in the early 2000s uh i have a question about time travel okay actually space travel on the time it takes to space travel that listen time and space travel so it takes a while to fly a light year emily did you see interstellar i did not okay when you travel at the speed of light time passes relatively and it passes differently for you than it does for the people left behind so more time passes on earth than it does for someone traveling at the speed of light um and he's talking about how uh, he thinks his son will already be born and raised on this world before he sees him. Mm-hmm. And so technically, less time should pass for Tess than it does for everyone else back on Earth. But yeah. I would be willing to bet $3 that Tess is... Their son is going to be fully grown by the time Max meets him. And if any mysterious new student starts at school this semester, that (laughs) student is 100% Max's son. Because we're going to do a once upon a time thing where when you meet your kid, they're your own age. Nice. There you go. That's my thought. It's a great thought. So Max is like, hey, the way that we can get to know each other again is if we go skinny dipping together, this will be great. So he shimmies out of his Come two button-up collared polo shirts. The water's just right. So <laughs> come on, buddy. Let's have a water fight. Splashy splat. Okay. Uh, that's I the skinny dipping song from Trail. It's the skinny dipping song from Trail to Oregon. Oh, when okay. you're naked. When you're naked in a lake. You can skinny if you're fat or old. Put Marco Polo in a wrestling hold. Anyway, you guys should check out Trail to Oregon. They all go skinny dipping as a happy family at the end. <laughs> the actors don't actually get naked. Everybody's wearing, like, body suits. But there you go. Nice. Spoilers for Trail to Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they go skinny dipping in the lake. Okay, I'm kind of skipping ahead here because they, they jump back and forth, but... Again, this is just, it was it was weird. I apologize if it sounds like I'm just complaining. I'm just telling you guys, it was weird. Because Max gets in there weird. and he's convincing Liz. And Liz is like, okay. And so she's like, turn around and don't look. And she's getting out of her clothes. And unbeknownst to her, Max starts going into convulsions in the water. And ends up face down floating in the water. And so Liz jumps in and saves him. And he's like, it was a vision from my son he's in danger we have to go and i'm like dude have you learned nothing have you learned nothing that there is a woman out there who despises you who despises liz who has the ability to mind warp you oh yeah i didn't even think about that you're just gonna accept on face value that this weird thing that happened to you is true a hundred percent you're not going to question it at all and like the thing is we we don't even get any flashes of what max sees it's just the actor shaking in the water and then going face down like there's no special effects no nothing so it just again felt weird because usually we get some sort of insight like when max and liz kiss and there's flashes or when uh, michael and maria kissed and there's flashes or people are remembering stuff We, we just got nothing yep in the middle of this scene we flash forward to the film grain in utah and the parents have come up to meet the kids arrested in selena utah and Hold impressively on. I see okay. how far it is from selena to roswell okay that is an 11 and a half hour drive that's so much gasoline that's so much gasoline uh apparently max and liz drove there so and the parents i bet the parents flew in i think the parents drove there because in the well you know maybe they rented a car once they landed there's where are they going to fly in though the closest airport where's the closest airport well back then it was salt lake now you can fly into provo i bet well i mean you could you could fly into vegas that's a 
closer. Yeah, I was going to say maybe Vegas was closer. So, anyways. Sorry, I interrupted you. I'm so sorry. I was just curious. No, sorry. I, I was I'm, thinking. Um, but yeah, the parents are like, oh my gosh, did Max make you do this? Or did Liz seduce you to do this? And they, they, that's not what they say, but that's kind of the attitude that the parents have because these are their like straight A on the path to valedictorian students who all of a sudden are arrested for holding up a convenience store in the middle of nowhere with a gun, which Uh, the prosecution can't find. Nobody knows where the gun is. Yeah, like, this whole case is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. There were no witnesses. There was no evidence of the gun. There were witnesses. That saw them. That saw their face. I guess yeah. they did have ski masks on. Yeah. There was no gun. There were no fingerprints. There's no cameras. There's no DNA evidence. Yeah. There's no, yeah. They just happened to be, the, like, you could argue. You could definitely argue, like, what is it? Uh, it's not situational evidence. Circumstantial. Circumstantial, yeah. Yeah. But it's this is very serious for everybody, obviously, because, you know, they just don't do this sort of a thing. Um, so remember in the end of season two that Michael decided to stay with, you know, for Maria? He's really doing his best. I think he's really trying to build himself a future here. A future that he has not cared about before, which in the course of his schoolwork means he has not been attending. He previously was really not attending his classes. He was delinquent a lot. And we see him, like, debating slash arguing slash asking slash pleading for this teacher to let him into this biology. I think it's biology or something so that he can pass and graduate. Mm-hmm. And the teacher's kind of like, no, you should have come to class before. You seem really far ahead. I What what about the scene where um, Michael and Maria drop Max on the couch and they're talking with Liz about it? Oh, sorry. I, I assumed that... Oh, you're talking about the end of the episode? Or the middle of the episode? No, sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I did skip that scene. I thought... It, it went together with Max is like, I have to go find my son. But let's let's go back and talk well, about. All I wanted to talk you. about is Michael's season three hair, which I hate. Uh-huh. It's just super long and super floppy. It's and like I don't like it. 70s Farrah Fawcett hair. Yeah. And Isabel is blonde in this flashback. And I'm trying to decide if this is Katherine Heigl's natural hair or if it's a wig and the dark hair is natural or if it's a wig. I would like to know. Okay, sorry. Anyway, back to back to biology. This teacher's a recurring role, by the way. Yes, yes it is. And the teacher's just initially is like, no, you should have come to my class before. You need to convince me, like, convince me. And I'm like, dude, this kid who is coming to talk to you to ask you something, like, he's... Okay, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm like, well, Michael really is trying now. Like, he really is trying. Disturbed. <laughs> and he's he basically is is just saying like, hey, if I graduate, you never have to see me again. And the teacher's like, great, come to my class, never miss a single day. And Michael's like, yeah, sure, no problem. And then it Isabel is comes Spoilers. and kidnaps him. Yeah, yeah. With her new dark, short Sasuke haircut. I'm kidding. It looks a little bit more like Alice Cullen than it does like Sasuke. With a throwaway line of how she's already graduated. Like, we knew she was on track to graduate early. It just, it feels like we have missed so many important bits. What is she doing now she's graduated? I don't know. I I don't don't think they say. Anyway, all the parents are uh, recurring actors from previous seasons. Although, very sadly, the... Evans's original dad actor uh, is no longer in the show. Miss him. <laughs> but man, Liz's parents are real cranky and not great. Yeah, yeah. Which I think the the dad was not that way, but the mom always kind of has been. I mean, we haven't seen very much of her. I don't think she was really even in season two at all. Maybe I don't think so. But yeah, she's she's pretty she's pretty uptight because uh, 
I think at one point Liz even is talking about how like I'm breaking all my mom's rules you know and and mom doesn't want me to see you and mom doesn't want me to do this and like oh she really is a bad girl you know sort of thing yeah but Isabel has kidnapped Michael and brought him to Utah with everybody because this is alien business and again we get again another line um from the writers trying to establish who is who and who doing to our poor clueless human parents yep yep (laughs) (laughs) i i must underline again how exhausted and horrible max looks yep yep okay here's the thing so you all know i love i love the podcast let's go to court and i have learned a lot of things about the judicial system just from listening to them and them giving examples so isabel and michael have come to visit max who is in an interrogation room one i can't believe they are letting visitors into an interrogation room but two i absolutely can because those things are usually video recording and voice recorded and so basically max confesses to the whole thing and talks about the crime like like he completely implicates himself in this crime i don't know how else to say it and asks michael to go find the diamond that he threw away you know like i mean i their dad's a lawyer i would assume they would know this sort of stuff their dad's not a criminal lawyer though he's like a corporate business lawyer and somebody brings that up and he's like it's the same basic principle (laughs) all right back to flashback time Everything is lit beautifully and golden and Max and Liz have nice hair and fresh makeup and Max is going through Tess's old things. Mm-hmm. And wow, isn't this so handy that Tess just happened to keep a handwritten letter from Nisado, the person that she lived with for 16 years or whatever. Like... I don't know, I thought this letter from Nasada was dumb. <laughs> because doesn't he say that, like, the granolith is their only way home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, no, it says, if I ever die, this is our only way to communicate with home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Liz, I, I, as weird as this episode is, I do love Liz because she is a little more free with how she speaks and she's mm-hmm. not so careful of other people's feelings anymore. And so she's like, mm, I guess this part of your life isn't over after all. Like, like I feel, I don't like the feeling that she is punishing him this whole time for the choices he made. But at the same time, I'm glad that she's not letting it go either. Does that make sense? Was that a question for me? Yeah. Can you say it again? Um, Sorry, I, staring at the dude in the hat, trying to figure out where I'd seen him before. Oh, you're good. Um, I just said, like, I... It feels like Liz is punishing Max still for what he did. But I also love that she's not letting it Slide. go. I said, does that make sense? That does make sense. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, Michael goes out to look for the diamond where he was told it was thrown. And he's on the phone, apparently, with his biology teacher. teacher. And he's like, yeah, I'm attitude improvement on that. Yes, I will. I'll, I'll be there tomorrow or whatever. Like, he's he's trying to salvage his school life but he dropped everything to come to max's aid who if i'm remembering correctly just did whatever he wanted to do anyway without caring how it affected other people i am on one about max wow this is this is crazy but uh do you want to talk about the man in the hat yeah so the man with the hat shows up the one who called on the police earlier and he has a gun on Michael. And he's like, who was that on the phone? He's like, uh, it's my my science teacher. I'm trying to graduate high school. Why don't you just get a GED? No one hires someone with a GED. I got a GED. I'm doing fine. So this man with the gun is here. He has a message for Max, which is stop looking. That the person I work for will do whatever is necessary to stop him. Emily. Mm-hmm. Does this man work for A, Brody, B, the alien that cures people of bone cancer, mm-hmm. C, who's Larynx? Who's the guy that possesses Brody? Larrick. Okay, Larrick. D, the Skins kid, or E, someone else on the alien council that we haven't met yet? 
What about the FBI? He doesn't work for because because he said specifically who I work for, whomever. Like, does he say the person I work for? Yeah, yeah, he does. the person I work for. So the FBI is a whole bureau, a federal bureau, actually, of investigation. Of investigation. <laughs> and there's just one guy he works for. Um, uh, oh, this where's Lori? What's up with her? Mm, Michael's she's... sister. But this guy really rattles Michael because Michael's being his regular smart self, you know, smart mouth self. And the guy fires a warning shot, like, like not even like a wide shot or a shot in the air. He fires right next to Michael and it really kind of freaks Michael out. I like, would have shot Michael in the arm because he's an alien and can heal himself. But, you know, that's why I'm not working for this person and this GED guy is. Can Michael heal people? Or is that just a Max power? Uh, I think Max is better at it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure Michael's been walk- working. My very favorite thing is when this guy turns around, he's like, don't make me come back to Utah. And I was like, <laughs> hey, it's a beautiful state. Yeah, because Maria shows up and she's just like, why can't why can't these aliens get into trouble somewhere cool? She's like, nope, just Utah, Mormons and mountains. I'm like, yep, that's what we're known for. <laughs> But she's in her Red Jetta. Red Jetta's made a comeback. Love it, love it, love it. But she's brought food for everybody. And again, it's it's a small town. But okay, I have a question. Is this uh-huh. the set? That That's the jail bones? cell in Bones? <laughs> bones. Yeah. It 100% is. Spoilers for Bones. What season? Seven. Six. <laughs> Six or seven. Five in. Anyway, two characters get thrown in a, a, a little podunk town jail together. It's this exact same set, and the characters end up getting married by the justice of the peace while they're in jail. Yep. But again, it's this tiny little town, and they just let any visitor come in and open the jail cell. And Anyways, it's great. But uh, Maria is telling them that this is a big deal because... It's such a tiny town. It's, it almost seems like a slam dunk case, even though it really isn't. And the prosecutor is, it's like re-election season. Like, they really need to make something happen. And so she's basically telling them, like, they're out for you. So be careful. Now, this is stupid. How did they know they need this diamond? Oh, it was, like, in the book or something, right? I think so. Illustrated? No, it was... It was hand-drawn by Nisato in his letter he wrote to Tess. That's right. They just spent a... They they burned Alex's brain to death translating the book with all the instructions that the Royal Four would need. Why Mm. wasn't this diamond just in the book? The book. This is that whole extra magic book, even though you've got a magic mirror thing from the live action Beauty and the Beast all over again. Mm-hmm. But they found the MacGuffin. They found where it's going to be. And it's going to be in Santa Fe in two weeks on tour. And basically what Liz and Max do is hatch a plan on how to do a diamond heist. Like they try to, they, they've got, we've got a hold up. We've got a diamond heist. We just have like, all this random stuff going on in this episode. It's just, I don't like it. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but I don't like it. Um, I don't like it either. But Liz is going all Bonnie and Clyde about like, I'm going to come steal stuff with you. I love stealing. Stealing's the best. And there's one specific line where she's like, because if I had lost a child, I would want you to come help me find him. And I'm like, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Um, but what they eventually decide to do is dress up as caterers for this big fancy event where this diamond is going to be on on display. Yes, Megan? I want to complain more about their romance. Ready, go. The romance is gooey and overly melodrama and not, like, compelling, Mostly because I only trust this show to keep them together for maybe three episodes tops before they break up again. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where he's like, if you come with me, it's, it'll just be too dangerous. And then she's like, what could happen to me, Max? 
you're an alien king. And I'm like, yeah. I don't care about these characters. They, they feel like different characters from who we've been with mm-hmm. the last two seasons. They're just doing a lot of exposition. Exposition, and they're basically making, they're telling instead of showing. And and it's kind of clumsily done. I don't know how else they could have done this just with a new network, a new direction they want to take it. I get that that is hard and difficult, and I do not envy the writers who had to do this. But yeah, everything is really forced. Like the scene where they steal the diamond, um, Max is doing the worst flirting I've ever seen in my life. And then Liz comes and makes a big stink about you're flirting with this other person. We're breaking up. And shenanigans ensue so that people are shoved and knocked over and the diamond goes flying and Max goes and rescues it. In plain sight, switches the diamond in his coat pocket for a fake one. Like, that's how they, and that's how they do it. And as they drive away, Max and Liz are just like, we're amazing! It's just weird. It's weird. It's stupid. And when, when, when she's like fake jealous over the millionaire lady talking to him. Listen, based on how the last season would was constructed, I am now guessing that the millionaire lady will be recurring that she knew what that diamond was and she's the guy who hired Mr. GED. Mm-hmm. You guys, I'm throwing a lot of spaghetti at the at the at the wall here. It could who, who knows what's going to happen. Okay, can we talk about Catherine? I was about to say, do you want to talk about that scene? Yeah, yeah. So here's the. This is your new favorite romance. I'm so excited to hear what you think about it. The front door. (laughs) Okay, okay. Let it be known. I enjoy a magical, unrealistic age gapped relationship. Okay? Uh, How's Moving Castle? Like uh vampires and humans like elves and human aragorn arwen i'm all for it because there's clearly like a magical and therefore metaphorical component to that where like my life has felt like an eternity before i met you Mm -hmm. there was literally no reason at all why they had to write uh isabel a boyfriend that was 26 She's so mature, Megan, it's that just, that's the only way that she could find someone who's on her level. There is a bit while they're while they're kissing, just super making out and they're doing exposition while they're making out where he's like, I couldn't call you back because I was on a long phone call with your father. Yeah, he works for her dad mm-hmm. and says, oh. And she says, oh, I wish this could all be out in the open. I'm still not sure why it can't. And he says, well, it's the fact that I'm 26 and you are barely legal. Hey. Because she's legal. That's the important part. But, like, that is a huge red flag where the older person is the one insisting that they keep it a secret. Yeah, and I'm just doing a bit. I do not agree that this age gap is okay, just Uh so everybody knows. Yeah, he... He says to her, you're an old soul. You have clearly lived before. And she says, oh, you have no idea. Yeah. And here's the thing. I know it's the early 2000s, but can you not find a suit that doesn't make you look like you're wearing your father's tuxedo? Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Isabel knows her parents didn't approve of Grant. Her mother definitely did not approve of 900-year-old Grant Sorensen. It was really just 46. <laughs> and so, yeah. And and I think one of the reasons they did this is because Isabel has been, quote-unquote, so responsible that it comes across as, like, this is an okay thing to do. Which I don't really like, but whatever. Yeah, it's just... Catherine Heigl keeps getting cast. It's so weird. There are two types of roles that people will cast Catherine Heigl for. Mm-hmm. One, a super sexual, sexy symbol. The super, super hot girl that, like, any you know, all the men totally want all the time. Or she gets cast as the, look at me, I'm a plain Jane, and no one will want me in a rom-com. And it's very weird how she constantly gets cast as love interest only and Mm -hmm. 
sorry, I'm still smarting from how the Isabel Stevens storyline wrapped up on Grey's Anatomy, which isn't Catherine Heigl's, like, fault at all. And this is just, I'm having weird feelings about this. Now, is it going to turn out that this guy is actually Kivar broadcasting his mind to possess a human? Mm. And it's her ex-boyfriend, Lime Kivar Pie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I can honestly say that. You are going to owe me by the time Roswell's <laughs> over. I know you're like, oh, what if kings you owe me forever? You are going to owe me by the time Roswell's <laughs> over. And I I'm going to make that. you go to the Renaissance Fair next year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it's... If season three ends up being so bad, you have to go to the Ren Fair with me next year. Okay. Okay. Ugh. So we're back in the future again. And here's what I was worried about. I was worried that someone in the judicial system was going to try and pit the two families against each other. Because Liz and Max are both... They're both going to be on trial, or this is this is initial hearing to see if it will go to trial. And here's the thing: these two families know each other very, very, very well. It's not just like, oh, this is my boyfriend's family. You've never met them before, but here they are. It's like, no, these people like like they all grew up together. They've probably had dinner at each other's houses, sort of a thing. And I was really worried that someone was going to try and pit them against each other to get their kid a better deal. And I'm really glad that didn't happen. They listen to each other. They, you know, they want both of their kids to be okay. I liked that. But um, Max, for whatever reason, gets off scot-free. But Liz, because she was the one holding the gun. The gun that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist anymore. uh, She has got to, she's going to, I think she has to be, she's going to be held in jail until there's an actual trial. And her mom absolutely freaks out and liz is just like okay whatever like whatever it was worth it everything was worth it because i was with max Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh i actually thought when um okay so so there's dna at the scene Mm -hmm. like hair follicles and uh when max's dad is like i have initial facts and findings to present Mm -hmm. i thought he was going to get max off and i thought he was gonna throw lids under the bus yeah i was really worried about that yeah anyway this whole thing was dumb so yeah max gets released to the custody of his parents and liz liz is sitting with her parents and her a lawyer or whatever and they're trying to figure out what to do next and it's so again sherry appleby amazing actress i love everything she does because she's she's sitting there kind of being like ugh 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 like like acting like a regular normal teenager and her mom keeps like because her mom is like you could go to jail for 20 years this is really serious and her mom keeps trying to like touch her on the shoulder pet her hair and liz keeps moving away from her like like liz is about to lose it on her mom and i i thought that was a really cool character choice because we've kind of got this before where her mom is so controlling and so intense and a part of everything that Liz has done up to this point and I I like kind of the rebelliousness that's coming out in Liz um in these little tiny tiny actor choices acting choices yeah uh one of the sorry one of the things I'm I'm agreeing with you on your point with like Liz's acting that Mm -hmm. she's she's the rebel this season she's trying to get you know away from her parents and all that one of the things that I think is very funny about Max's deal mm-hmm. is that he's rip- remanded to the custody of his parents and he's not allowed back in Utah at all until he's 21. Yeah. Now, I would like to think that's a Chekhov's not allowed back in Utah mm-hmm. because this spaceship is in Utah and he needs to contact his son in the stupid letter from Nisado that should have just been a page in the book. <laughs> but we see that... We see that Max and Liz did surveillance, um, and this is where they're really getting into their bad personalities, where, you know, Liz is wearing a lot of heavy jewelry and a belly button shirt, and, and you know, this is where they realize something is downstairs in the, in this convenience store, and so, anyways, this is where they decide, okay, we're gonna break in, and we're gonna do this, we're gonna be together forever, because we love each other! Uh, where did she buy this edgy boob window 
belly shirt. I don't know. But again, we're jumping back and forth and it's it's just again weird. <laughs> Liz is in jail. Max comes to visit her and he's dressed as a security guard and he's like, "Great, let's break out. Let's go." And thankfully Liz's cool even-headedness prevails because she's like if if i go now max we're just going to be on the run the rest of our lives we're never going to be able to go home again and that's you know max is like no that's not as bad as it sounds it'll be okay they're just so weird here and i'm going to stop saying that because i think i've beat this horse to death but she convinces him not to break her out and you know he goes to talk to michael and maria is there in the hotel room and maria is pissed at max because she's like how could you let her hold the gun like thank you maria for calling out how ir- i mean how irresponsible this was i mean obviously max was the only one who could go and open the door and open the safe and everything but maria is right like max set her up for this i mean i'm sure they didn't think they'd be caught you know i thought they'd just i'm pretty sure they thought they'd just be in and out and done but yeah, Maria's mad. Me too, Maria. <laughs> Honestly, same hat. Um, so Max decides to go back to... Uh, he decides to go back to the convenience store. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Sorry. I think I skipped ahead. Oh, the FBI shows up. Agent really? Burns. Yeah. This is so... Okay. It's so weird. Because Max is... It's late at night. He's getting in his car. This is the future time after Liz is in jail. And Agent Burns comes up and he's like, FBI, so why did you go to Sam's convenience shop? And and Max is like, I don't have to talk to you about this. My case has been dismissed. But the FBI kind of is like, we're watching you. Why would you go there? Which is not suspicious at all. You know, the FBI coming to talk to you after you found an alien ship and, you know, threatening you and your girlfriend be like if you don't stop bad things are gonna happen blah 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 but of course max doesn't stop of course max goes right back to where the spaceship was only to find that it is gone okay megan this was so weird this okay you and i both thought this was weird because max goes back there's this weird substance on the floor and max leans down to touch it stands back up and his dad is right there his dad is right there I just followed him down there. Yeah, and he wants to know what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And basically what happens, I'm going to wrap this up because I hated this so much. You do it. What happens is they get this, the powder eventually tested and they... and they. Yeah, that takes forever. Where did they get the powder tested? How do they know where to get a powder tested? Anyway, I don't in know. Utah. In Utah, in the middle of nowhere. But um, the dad... The dad is on Max's side, clearly. Max tells him about the FBI. And, you know, the FBI is like, oh, well, you think you're so cool. And the dust that you wanted us to test is nothing. It's nothing at all. And it's laundry detergent. And Max is like, oh, that's, or their dad's like, that's interesting. Uh, We did our own test. It turned out to be Tetral, which I don't know what Tetral is. Hold on. I'm going to Google it. It's probably fancy petrol. Petrol. It's an odorless synthetic yellow crystal-like solid that is not found naturally in the environment. Under certain conditions, tetral can exist as dust in air. It dissolves slightly in water and in other liquids. Tetral was used to make explosives, mostly during World Wars One and Two. Okay. But anyway, they have the FBI and they're just like, if anything happens, we're going to release this. So leave us alone. And they're like, okay. And so I'm assuming the FBI is the one that arranges for Liz to be released because she's okay. And they're like, you can never see Max Evans again. Ever. You know, and obviously. Right. Because, like, that's clearly going to work. Mm-hmm. And then, oh my gosh. The dad, Max is dad. The Evans' dad is like, all right, Max, now that you're under my roof, you can't do all these things. And Max is like, you're right. You're a good dad. You've raised me right. I'll come by and get my stuff later. Like, these guys, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> well, Max is, is his own, Max is his own parent now. Mm-hmm. He's a parent. He's responsible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should be noted that 
earlier in the episode, I think Max did indeed spot Isabel coming out of her boyfriend's room. Yes, yes. And she plays it off. But uh, I I was in there with uh, Maria. Where he just saw Maria in Michael's room. Like, yeah. But that is season one. Nope, this is season three, episode one, Busted. Hopefully, hopefully this season goes uphill from here. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, I feel like, I feel like this was an episode that they got a lot of notes on. Um, There were probably new executive producers coming on board and like, now they're sponsored by Snapple. So I'm, I'm hoping this was a case of, of too many cooks trying to make something perfectly new for their new home on this network. So we'll see if it gets better or if it gets worse. Well, what if it gets worse? Megan, the next episode is season three, episode two, uh-huh. Michael, the guys, and the great Snapple. Oh, they super sponsored it. Super sponsored it. Okay. Um, my predictions are Snapple's going to be everywhere. <laughs> uh, they're going to find something under... Uh, Michael's going to use his powers to change what's underneath the lids on the Snapple bottles. Nice. Guys, Michael's going to be popular at school for a change. Yay, that would be wonderful. Is it Kyle's time to shine? <laughs> Where is Kyle? Bring him back. I don't know. But anyways, that is what we have to look forward to next time on Roswell. You owe me. <laughs> Already, I can I can picture the outfit I'm going to put you in at the fair now. Okay. Can I at least be pretty? You are pretty, and yes, I'm not going to make you a hag. Okay. We're going to be a couple of wenches. I'll wenches, take you a pirate weekend. I'll, I'll get you a fancy pirate outfit. Okay. <gasps> you would be cool, but I don't have the time, the effort, or the money for what? Is to make a really fancy dress in the style of that time era, but do it in Steve's teal to do outfit. That color. Emily, <gasps> you would look so good. Look amazing. Oh, you should do it. Is, I oh, should do it you should for do you it. as an you act of service. All those beads on your dress. Quote. You owe me proceeds to spend two thousand dollars and spend nine hundred hours handcrafting a uh, uh, bespoke dress for you. I think that would be cool. Maybe I'll go as Evelyn with the pirate patch. That would be fun. That would be awesome. Anyway, anyway, you're awesome, Megan. I hope you know that, and thank you for letting me make you view this. I appreciate Tell you. Tell me something I don't know. <laughs> I don't right. know. You're very smart. I don't know what you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I don't know what I don't know. There you go. Well, Megan, I hope you have a great evening. I'm going to get back to writing my book. I'm going to do a little bit of animating. <gasps> I believe in you. I believe in you, too. Ready? Break. Break.